there needs to be a little beacon of light of pushing actual personal responsibility with health and fitness. In phys ed, they're not teaching you the priority of strength training. The basic nutrition that they teach at freshman level in our school is very basic. It's not practical. It's not how to deal with all the stuff that's going on, the emotional aspect of eating. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family, without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I am your host, as always, Ben Brown, owner of Body Systems, where we help you make smart nutrition simple. In today's episode of the show, I chop it up with Jim Hallinan. Jim is a high school phys ed teacher turned nutrition coach who helps high-performing individuals find the energy they've been looking for through smart food choices, lifestyle tweaks, and mindset shifts. Sounds familiar. In this conversation, we tackle some of the most pressing issues facing our youth today, from the glaring gaps in high school nutrition and fitness education to everyday challenges that kids face with their eating behaviors. We talk about how the conveniences of food delivery and general resistance to Making homemade meals is steering kids away from making healthy food choices, how parents can set their kids up for success, the impact of diet on the immune system, and we debunk some of the biggest nutritional misconceptions that cloud our judgment. And we also talk about the benefits of calorie tracking, the need to set realistic expectations, why dining out may actually be sabotaging your weight loss efforts. And we call out the BS on social media, challenging the myths of quick fixes and just the illusion that likes and followers equate to legitimate expertise and business acumen. And so without further ado, uh, here's my conversation with Jim Hallinan. Jim Hallinan, welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, It's great to have you here. Uh, We ran into each other. I don't know. I know we've met. Uh, you know, we met years back, yeah. um, I think at a seminar or something, nutrition mm-hmm. seminar certification or something. And then I ran into you recently at a conference and I love what you guys, you know, what you're up to, love your social media. I know we speak the same language. And um, so I thought it only made sense to to come on the show. We can talk shop. Um, you've got an interesting background. You're obviously a nutrition coach, but you've got a couple other irons in the fire. Why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit about kind of what you got going on? Yeah. So I'm a full-time high school teacher. That's my main career. I'm wrapping up, well, in six months, I guess, wrapping up my 23rd year in public education. Uh, Uh, Phys ed? Yeah. Health phys ed. I start my first seven years. I actually just taught driver's ed. Our school, we just had a driver's ed teacher. So every marking period, I had a new group of kids. It was cool because I got to know everybody in the school. And so I taught 10th grade. And then when I started doing health phys ed and driver's ed, in the health classroom, I would talk a decent amount about nutrition and I was just into it. You know, I was a personal trainer when I was in college and uh, ran the training department at LA Fitness in South Jersey my senior nice. year of college. And uh, so I was always into it and kids talked about it. And then I'm looking at our curriculum in the school and we have, it's a large school, we have offerings in everything. I think at that point we even had an AP pottery class which is wild to me. And we have nothing in health and fitness outside of phys ed. And 
I'm sure most schools might have different experiences, but I think most phys ed curriculums in high school, you're, you're playing games. You're, you know, shooting hoops. There's a lot of schools I know they're just rolling the ball out. Uh, we do a little bit more than that at our school, but I felt like we should have something in, in that area for people who want to learn about it. So I proposed writing a course and having an elective in nutrition and kinesiology. And the, uh, the principal was on board, the, the head of guidance was on board, got approved, and I wrote a course. Uh, for, so half of the year is, is all nutrition. I actually teach them about the coaching, writing macros, like prescriptions, like really trying to teach them to ask a lot of questions and figure stuff out and what people yeah. need. And then the second half of the year is applied kinesiology. We get into uh, a lot of the, all the muscle insertion points, the planes of motion, and then even writing programming and progressive overload and understanding those things. You so, teach the high school kids all of this stuff. Teach the high school and kids this great. stuff. Yeah. So now I I proposed that I started teaching seniors, uh, and so while, since teaching seniors, I started teaching this course. So it's an elective for seniors. Now the last couple of years, the school hasn't run it, and I do not know why. I know oh, kids have signed up. Yeah, and I know enough kids have signed up for it to be a class. I don't know if it's just a matter of not wanting to pay an extra stipend for me to teach an extra class because they need me in there for five. Well, Apparently. it's hard to compete with AP Pottery, you know. AP Pottery, man, that's where it's at. <laughs> so, you know, well, first off, um, uh, and I'll let you continue, but I was yeah. a I was a PE major uh, in okay. college, so oh, uh, nice. I'm I'm with you there. And I mean, did you did you study PE undergrad? Yeah, the undergrad was uh, was yeah health and phys ed, which now a lot of the schools call it health and exercise science. To make yeah, it that's sound smart because there's a, like better. a negative connotation to yeah. PE. I Did you that. ever teach? I, I just student taught. And then, okay. which was like the best semester of my life. If yeah. my spring semester of college, I was student teaching, like had two classes and student taught. And no, I guess maybe I just student taught and it was like so much fun. I went to U of A undergrad in Tucson. Okay. Nice. And uh, so, like speaking of playing games, like we played like dodgeball and kickball, and you know, all you the... with like the little kids, like elementary or no, you... it was high school. Yeah, I was, oh, nice. I, I was uh, student teaching high school, and it was just a blast. It was like so much yeah. fun. But I love the teaching component. Yeah, um, I ended up going to grad school. It sounds like you did something similar. Yeah, yeah. Before um, writing that course, once it got approved, I was like, I can't write this curriculum based solely on my interest in this space. I immediately yeah. enrolled and got my master's in um, health and ex exercise science with a focus in sport nutrition and was able to knock out a decent amount of courses before this curriculum was due. And I kind of used the stuff in these uh, base level courses that I took to, you know, uh, whatever, write the curriculum, kind of yeah. orchestrate how it was going to be and what topics I'd cover. Uh, and then I finished my, you know, master's in that within the next whatever year or so year and a half it was maybe a couple years total to get that master's nice and i actually have a master's in uh school leadership to be a principal no desire to do that i don't no. <laughs> i got that a while ago and uh now i'm like no way the way public education is yeah. there's no way i would want to i'll pass on any kind of pay bump <laughs> to deal with just discipline all day yeah it's getting kind of even more interesting these days yeah Imagine. over COVID, i was ready to get fired i'm like just fire me just fire i was waiting yeah. for them because I didn't get vaccinated. I'm one of those, you know, creeps that didn't do it. And in New Jersey, it was getting pretty strict. I had to test every week for two years. Oh, God, I'm dude. I'm, I'm yeah. uh, cool. Kudos to you for hanging in there. I mean, I imagine you feel a sort of a overwhelming responsibility to, uh, you know, stay in that position for, for the sake of the kids. I don't know. You tell me. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I was always from day one proud for for myself. The people that I followed in this space at that point, I trusted with the information that was coming out. And then my own logic of understanding how viruses and things like that work. I'm like, I'm not worried about this. You have your seasons where you get a little worried, but I'm one of the rare ones in my school. And I I know for a fact that people were talking trash about me. I'm that guy who has these weird yeah. Dude, you're talking about same, me in front I, of I'm students. I'm in the same boat, by the way. Like yeah. we, you know, we uh, just went through a considerable amount of, um, I, I mean, turmoil for lack of a better term of just yeah. being attacked in a multitude of ways. Um, oh, yeah. but, but I'm not, I'm not really referring to, well, yes, I mean, referring to, to the viral stuff. Um, but second to that of of you just sticking around the school of feeling obligated to like continue teaching i mean I'm, i guess i'm curious what prompted you to stick around considering you, i mean you you're a nutrition coach you yeah. have a successful business yeah so i do the coaching which actually got launched that first year of teaching that course i'm trying to show these kids you can make a business out of this yeah and i ended up starting my own nutrition coaching business during the first year of teaching that course so i've been doing that for 7 years or so and in the school yeah it's it's there needs to be a little beacon of light of pushing actual personal responsibility with health and fitness. In phys ed, they're not teaching you the priority of strength training. The basic nutrition that they teach at freshman level in our school is very basic. It's not practical. It's not how to deal with all the stuff that's going on, the emotional aspect of eating. Um, So I do enjoy teaching. And that's what prompted me to even write the course because I wanted to teach versus just we're going to play pickleball for the next six weeks kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, so Which I do feel that responsibility. too, by the way. It is. It is fun. <laughs> oh, those things are all fun. That's so fun. Um, but it, get, it, gets, it does get old after a while. Like once you're done teaching the thing and, and then you're just playing and it's cool. But yeah, I, just, I, I just really like teaching and educating. Um, that's what really kind of got the business going was going to all the gyms that I could and doing seminars. And anybody asks, how do you get your business going? I'm posting things online and nothing's happening. I'm like, you got to go in person. You have to show people yeah. that you know stuff. Every gym in your area, especially a group fitness place, they have people asking them about nutrition. And these coaches generally don't. They know what works for them. you know. So, hey, here's something for any. If you're a coach out there listening and you are struggling with stuff, reach out to every gym. I offer a free seminar. And some people are like, well, what's in it for you? Nothing. I just like teaching. I know this is an issue you guys have. And if somebody ever did want to hire a nutrition coach, they might think of me, but there's nothing in it for me. Um, so, so yeah, so I love the teaching aspect. I definitely was ready to get out of it in the midst of all of that, the way education was going and everything. And I'm like, if I get 25 years in, I get the lifetime benefits. That's always that carrot hanging over. Sure. Um, I have a shit pension after 25 years. I have to go until I'm 55 years old to, uh, to have a better pension. But those are no longer motivations at this point. I mean, hey, two more years, I get the lifetime benefits. I'll be fine, at least in that regard. Um, but it was, I like doing it. I like doing it. I didn't hate teaching. I hate this, the way the system has become. Yeah, You know, sure. from administration down, from the top down, uh, a lot of coddling. It's uh, kids are socially different. Um, and I think that, you know, if somebody can start to embrace their fitness and their health and take, pri- take priority of that stuff, then they'll kind of come out of their shell, have a little bit more confidence. There's just such a lack of confidence in, uh, in kids. We'll talk about being able to impact, you know, people at fundamental level is like, it's, it's our children and teaching our children how to Im- implement healthy eating behaviors is paramount. If we want healthy adults, like that's where it needs to begin. Yeah. And we can't work top down and it's hard, you know, when, for most of us, 
coaches that work with adults. I mean, adults are the ones that are obviously being able to afford these services, and we're not giving a lot of attention to when these children are developing. Um, yeah. and, and parents certainly are not setting good examples. I'm yeah. curious what like what were the kind of consistent problems that you were seeing that you continue to see um, with children's behaviors, eating behaviors? Um, how have those progressed over the years? You know, like what are the common conversations that you're having um, in your classes around these things? It seems tough for people like they're, they're always asking. It's funny because it's adults or kids. It's all the same stuff. It really is. Is this bad? Is right. this okay? Yeah. Um, I spoke to like this elite level swimming program, Greater Philadelphia Aquatic Club in our area. These kids are, you know, a lot of them are going to college for swimming. They're they're potentially junior Olympians. Um, top level athletes in nutrition is the big thing that they lack. And so I, I spoke with with them. The the owner of that place had me come out, and it's the same questions. So then I can't have this, and I'm like, no, this is all dose dependent kind of stuff. But if every day you're eating garbage, right this stuff adds up. You're talking about tenths of a second in some of these races and any little edge you can prioritizing sleep. Them not really fully understanding how important sleep is. Them not fully understanding the importance of, of protein at every meal and what they think is a protein source and how much they think is that's a lot. And to, to teach them about that, but it's convenience. It's the freaking Uber eats the amount of kids that tell me how they'll just order that stuff. They're at home, their parents are maybe at work and they're doing Uber eats to get yeah. food, DoorDash, to get food to their house. Uh, but it's that convenience, the fast food. Just today, somebody said something about McDonald's, a student to me, and I go, oh, no, I don't. They're like, their service is terrible at this one specific McDonald's. I go, oh, I, don't, I don't do that stuff. They're like, what do you mean? You don't go, I go, no, I don't really eat fast food. He's like, oh, you're one of them. Like, that's the society we're in. You're <laughs> one of them, you know? You're an it's elitist. Like, yeah, I'm like, no, not really. Okay, like, hey, if I'm on a road trip for nine hours, we would have stopped and grab a burger somewhere, whatever, but it's not part of my life. It's like weird that it's strange to make your own food now. Yeah. The amount of resistance yeah. there yeah. is with clients or even with, with students, the idea of, yeah, you don't have to go out to eat multiple days a week. You yeah, know, I, I don't mean, realize the calorie effect of these convenience factor is just yeah. so much significantly higher than we when we were you know young and we just didn't have those options available so it's like digging rummaging through the cabin is like oh, i see a box of pasta and so we'll just throw some butter on top or something <laughs> you know or like can a can of tuna fish i mean I yeah we've gotten here some ramen noodles um yeah. you know i was having a conversation with my daughter the other, so my daughter just turned 14 well my daughters are 14 12 and then i have an eight-year-old son but one of the things I've observed over the last couple of years is the kids, um, you know, so she's becoming, she's a teenager technically, and uh, they're, they're starting to want more freedom. And so when her friends come over, what they'll do is they'll walk to like Starbucks or to, um, there's a coffee shop called Black Rock and, and, and um, just like a Starbucks for all intents and purposes, but they, so they, they go to these, you know, coffee shops, but they order like these frappuccino style yeah. drinks so like it's 10 a.m they're like can we go walk you know somewhere yeah cool then they go they all meet at these starbucks and they're drinking these fucking frappuccinos and like these 750 calorie milkshakes for all yeah. intents and purposes and it's really really interesting um because you and i obviously both understand like how considerable this calorie 
allotment is and how much mm. it's contributing to them gaining a lot of weight. And so, you know, it used to be like the, the freshman 15, uh, you know, they're calling it like when kids turn into like sophomores in, in high school and they can start to drive. Now they're all meeting at the, the, the you know, the coffee shops yeah. um, and, and just gorging on all of these extremely calorically dense drinks. And even think about when we were kids, caffeine wasn't an option. Like no. it is now. I mean, I, it's a, you, I'm sure you remember this. Jolt Cola. Dude. <laughs> Jolt Cola. Dude, it was like tasted syrupy. I could still taste it in my head. Yeah. And it was, if we got our hands on that, our parents could not find out. And now you look back yeah. and what, it have double the caffeine of a regular Coke? So it probably had what, like 60 milligrams of caffeine? I mean, seriously. And it was yeah. like, you know, we we thought it was just the best thing in the world because it like yeah. had you know, quote unquote, so much caffeine and there's yeah. like news segments about it. That's right. And now it's, I mean, that's nothing. I mean, a yeah. small Red Bull is 80 milligrams of caffeine and that's nothing compared to the typical energy drink. The typical one, you're getting 200 milligrams of caffeine. Oh, well, I got one of the daughters with a monster the other day, 150 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. Obviously not a big deal, but it's like, hey, like you don't need to be drinking this stuff. And they're drinking them multiple times a day, yeah. you know? And, and uh, so you add that into the equation of all those calories you're getting this spike from this stuff and then there's that crash and they then they go then they're hungry again you know the 700 calories didn't do anything for their appetite now they want to actually go eat and their memory is i didn't eat that much mm -hmm. because they just took it a ton of calories of fluid yeah yeah definitely so there's there's obviously like this huge convenience factor we know it's top-down influence from the parents so you're obviously you know, you're educating the kids around how to make better decisions, what macronutrients look like, um, you know, how to understand and create more calorie awareness, right? Um, nutritional value and all of this stuff, which is fantastic. How are we influencing? How are, how are you helping them influence their parents? What, what are those conversations look like um, so that they can actually make those changes? Yeah, I mean that's that's always tough. Uh, I've when once they leave, I have no idea what's going on at home. Uh, sometimes I'll have kids come back and say things. Sometimes parents are like, "Whatever, he's yeah. just one of those guys." Same response, "Whatever, you're one of those guys." Kind of a thing. Um, I really try to drive home with these kids, like the slow, the small decisions. And that's where we, you and me, are on the same page a lot. Like these, the habits, these slow changes over time, these small little decisions that add up and creating habits that are a little bit healthier. So I try to push that. But when you have parents that are the ones buying the food, you know, they can go home and say, hey, can we get more of this or more of that? But the parents are still the ones that are making the decision on what foods they buy. So there's very little control or I don't know how much influence does take place from the student to the parent based on things that happen in our class. Nobody's coming yeah. back and telling me. You know, what's the conversation with with parents, because you obviously have a nutrition coaching business. So I'm assuming you work with parents. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for those parents that are listening that want their kids to make better nutrition choices, want to set them up for success, right? Over the long term. Um, what do you think they need to understand? The, a lot of the issues that adults have root back to their childhood. And it could be either their parents showed them love by giving them more and more food. This is a way to show love. We go out to this place, I get you this, but what all the different things. Or it could be that as a young person who maybe struggled with their weight a little bit, not even bad, and the parents are saying things like, I think you've had enough. So they're putting this stuff, their parent was putting this food in front of them, 
and then telling them they've had enough. So now there's body image issues. What's wrong with me? It's it's I'm the problem. Uh, right. So I think it's important understanding that a lot of that stuff goes back to their childhood. So now as an adult, you're now repeating that behavior. You're showing love by giving food to your kid. Uh, sometimes it's just a matter of not wanting to deal with the resistance of the kid complaining about eating better. So it's like, fine, here's the chicken nuggets. Just fine. make it easier on everyone. Yep. Just make Here. it easier. Yep. So it's a hundred percent, as far as I'm concerned, the availability of the food in the house, especially when they're young. Once they're at that age where they're able to drive and go get food on their own, it's a little bit more out of your hands. But if you can lay that foundation of we're not, these just aren't options. We don't have boxes of cookies and chips. And it also depends if the parent's home. If the kid comes home from school and the parent's not there and you have all this junk food around, what's the kid going to do? And then you're going to make the kid feel bad for picking those things. Right. Like this is just, it keeps going. So the availability of things in the house. I specifically remember when we got to a point with my son, he's 11 now. We started getting the, the waffles and the frozen pancakes that are just easy, quick things to make for him. And that's all he wanted. It's like, hey, you want some eggs? Like, no, no can I get some of the pancakes? Can I get the waffles? Right. It's like, no, we got we can make eggs, blah, blah, blah. Once I stopped buying those, he stopped asking for them. Hey, we don't have any. Now you want some eggs? Yeah, like, and he likes eggs, but he yeah. didn't want them when the other thing is an option. And adults deal with the same thing. You know, you yeah. get too hungry. You go a little too long not eating. You get home. You got maybe some meal prepped, but hey, there's some snacks that are easy to eat. You go and eat it. The kids are struggling with the same thing. So don't make them ever feel bad. And if you're going to start getting rid of some of the options in the house, I would not even bring it up as we're just not going to have this stuff around because you're overeating it. Mm -hmm. This needs to be either on you or just not even discussed. Yeah, we're, I, just, I didn't get any cookies this time. I didn't get the pancakes. We're gonna try, let's make eggs. They don't they the won't options. care. Like they, they, won't they care. don't they genuinely don't care at the end of the day. It's like in my experience, like yeah. right and and I'm with you, like we've been down the road of, listen, I've been through phases where I've been an asshole about the food in the house, fortunately, yeah, when the kids were very young yeah. and they don't remember that and then had to figure out how to ease up and live in the real world. Yeah. And now it's it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And it's sort yep. of like the, the Halloween stuff as an example is like, listen, we let the kids keep a certain amount of candy the rest we stash away, throw away. Yep. They don't think about it no. if it's not there. They, they forget yep. about it and go on with their day. And if you can kind of set the stage for that, it's not going to be an issue. But, you know, we definitely get caught up in the ease and convenience factor. Yep. And in the short term, it definitely makes things, it can feel like it's easier to Absolutely. eat out, to, to have quick food decisions in, in easy to prepare food choices in the house that are uh, you know, seemingly tasty, and, but in the long run, it's not, you You know, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing your kids any favors. So I think you, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family to start to improve your behaviors because your kids' behaviors are just a direct reflection of yours. So I always try and reflect on, it's like, Hey, if I'm having a problem, you know, and in the moment I'm like looking at what the kids are eating, um, and feeling like I'm not okay with it. Well, what, where's that coming from? And, and why is it that I'm feeling that way? Like they're, you know, God forbid they're eating a bowl of cereal or something like, is it really that big of a deal? I'm yeah. the one that bought the shit. So I can't yeah. be having a, a, you know, a problem when they invariably want to eat it. And so what's yeah, the conversation look like? I'm always trying to, at least with my son, because 
he he does not have this lean. He's eleven. He's got the little fat on him. You know, he does not have, but he has friends that have maybe these lean, more muscular looking bodies, and he starts to express some insecurities with it. I have, um, I guess what you said. Why? Where do these root feelings come from? I start to think. I just don't want him to be insecure with his body. Yeah. So I want to start to change maybe how these foods are presented. But then I look back, I was a chubby little 11, 12, 13 year old. I remember getting teased for my love handles when I was on the swim team as a kid. And those memories are with me forever. That's where I store fat. I have to get really lean to not have love handles. Yeah. So I don't want him to, to think those things. So whenever we're finding that balance between you know, the junk food and the not junk food, I am just always going back. And when I'm saying we're pushing better quality food, it's, hey, we want to be feeding ourselves the stuff that's going to make us feel good, that's going to yeah. make us feel healthy, that's going to help us not get sick, and that's going to help us get strong. So uh, that's the stuff that I, tr how I try to verbalize it. I was actually thinking about this the other night of how we all think we're doing our best and I'm like, where's that person who did the perfect job raising the parent with the perfect way around food? And then that's like the perfect case study for how we're supposed to do it. You know, we don't know what the hell we're doing. We're, no. we're just guessing. We can pinpoint some things that maybe we shouldn't be doing. But at the end of the day, we're, we're kind of guessing and then we'll see. You could do the perfect job and the kid's a mess. You could do a terrible job and the kid's health turns around. You could be an alcoholic and your kid's an alcoholic. You could be an alcoholic and your kid avoids alcohol. Totally. There's, every kid's going to respond differently to this stuff. But I just try to push strength and health not losing weight or losing yeah. fat or being insecure about the body. So that's more the conversation when it comes around trying to push more of the healthier foods and a little bit less of the other stuff. Hey, these things are okay, but we just don't want to eat that stuff all the time. Um, even with the yeah. Halloween candy, what we did was we put it in the freezer out in the garage and told them, because uh, I've done that before what you did. Here's keep which ones you want. We're going to toss the rest. I put it out in the freezer in the garage and I said, hey, each day you can have two just to yeah. attempt to teach the moderation aspect. Like adults... You have two Oreos. They're eating yeah, the but then you're screwed because you're gonna eat it all. Yeah, the good. But here's what ha here's what's interesting that happened because I did that, and then every day he got to choose which two things do yeah. I really feel like today versus just mindlessly eating it. Yeah. After a week, I don't know if he's been out there because it's not in the living room. He hasn't gone out the bag. There's still this big bag like half filled with candy out in the freezer that's just been sitting there. I haven't yeah. thought about it. He hasn't thought about it. So that out of sight, out of mind thing, like you said before. But two wow. different strategies and both could potentially work it's it's the same way it's the the human psychology it's the same yeah. with adults man it's like if oh, we yeah. perceive something to be restricted like you know you fucking know we're gonna want that more oh, yeah. um and that's how humans behave and so when it's just kind of there it's really interesting i was thinking about this earlier today because we have this basket of garbage food out in front for like the delivery drivers i don't know why oh, my wife nice. christina has crap out there for them, but it's like, you know, it's like the packages. Fad the last couple of years, like Oreo thanks cookies. for delivering. Yeah. And, and we got, um, you know, a nice. few clients sent us like boxes of like prepackaged brownies and stuff, which hopefully they're not listening, but, um, you know, so we put it out. Um, well, to be fair, like we're mostly gluten-free. So, um, cause I have issues. A couple of my kids have issues with it, but so we put it out front for them. My point is it's like, it's sitting out there. Um, the neighbor kids will come over and grab some occasionally, but like kids know it's there, but we've never really, like, it's never been an issue, you know, and no, they don't touch it. Right? Like they just don't touch it. However, if it was in the cabinet in the house, if there was a box of Oreos 
Like they would want it every night. So it's, yeah. it's just very interesting psychology around it and, and how humans work around that. And so I agree with you very much in terms of, I think it's a part of like making sure that you're including this stuff. At least this is what I'm extrapolating from you is, yeah. is making sure that we're including this stuff into their diet. It's like, there's nothing off limits, right? If yeah. they know that nothing's off limits, they're going to be a lot less likely to want it more. Mm-hmm. And we can create a much healthier kind of balance and relationship to you know, what we're choosing and how we're fueling ourselves and how food actually impacts us and our energy levels. And I, I like how you talked about kind of food as fuel and for energy and, and strength. And that's a lot of the ways that we talk to our kids around yeah. those things as, as well, especially as they're kind of developing and, and being in athletics. That's really good way for us to kind of infuse this stuff in. It's like how you feel yourself around your training, after your training, the amount of protein you're consuming, how it contributes to your energy and helping them reflect on those things. Yeah. We're, we're making some progress there and it's yeah. clicking for them, which is exciting to see. Yeah. And since COVID to even just talk about the immune system, like we, I love, I guess a couple of years ago is maybe the first time I saw it where it's like, everybody calls this flu season, but really it's like sugar and alcohol season. That's like just totally. shutting down our immune system. We're sitting inside, passing germs around, not getting sunlight, um, not being outdoors as much that's going to contribute to it. Now you're eating a bunch of sugar and crap. It's obviously going to suppress your immune system. And when yeah. I talk to students about it, I go, I'm never really sick. I go, if I'm ever out for a sick day, it's because I have something fun to do. It's very rare. I can't even remember the last time that I called out sick because I was genuinely, legitimately actually sick. And if I was, it's like a day. Like oh, I'm yeah. like maybe out for 24 hours and I'm back. Uh, so even that kind of stuff to be able to talk to my son about, like, look at all your friends all getting sick. And you're not really getting sick. If you do, you kind of bounce back quick. And uh, this is because we're trying to eat more of this real stuff and blah, blah, blah. So even if that stuff gets in his head a little bit. Hey, guys, I want to interrupt this conversation briefly with an exciting announcement. If you're a father and struggling to lose the pounds that have crept on over the years, I understand your challenge. You're juggling a successful career, a loving family, and now you're looking to regain that energy and physique that seems to have slipped away. And that's exactly why I created PrimeFit Operating System. PrimeFit OS is a unique hybrid coaching program designed specifically for men like you. Now, you guys know me. We're not about quick fixes or impossible routines. Instead, we focus on real sustainable change through personalized nutrition and science-driven strength training, all wrapped up in a supportive community with expert guidance directly from me and my 20 years of experience working with men just like you. Imagine mastering your nutrition without restrictive dieting, getting stronger and leaner and boosting your overall energy, all without overwhelming your already busy schedule. With PrimeFit OS, you're getting more than just a cookie cutter nutrition and fitness plan. You're embarking on a transformative journey that fits into your life, not the other way around. So, If you're ready to take the first step towards a healthier, leaner, stronger, more energetic, confident, ass-kicking you, join us over at PrimeFit Operating System. Trust me, guys, your family, your career, and most importantly, you will thank you for it. So if you guys are interested in getting started and want to find out more about the program, let's chat. Just head over to primefitos.com forward slash call and grab a time on my calendar. Remember... It's your time to be at your prime. So, so you, um, you, you know, you've obviously been teaching for a long time. I love what you're doing with the kids. Uh, and so you, you're also running a nutrition coaching business. So what, what yeah. kind of clients do you work with? 
generally gen pop. Um, I've had a few, like I had one, like a CrossFit games athlete. Um, I've had some college and one, a couple high school students who were athletes. Uh, most of them were, I think all of them really were girls who just don't eat enough. Like they're afraid of food and it's affecting like their cross country performance or things like that. But for the most part, Mm -hmm. it's adults, general population, people trying to lose weight. Um, you know, right now I got this guy that I just love reading his notes in chronometer. He's a 142 pound jujitsu guy who's training for stuff and was just like the typical stereotypical woman afraid to eat food kind of the thing. He just was afraid to gain any weight. Yeah. And he was afraid to eat more. And then what did that lead to? Weekend comes around, kind of overdoing it. And then he would restrict during the week, leads to the overdoing it on the weekend and maintaining this low uh, body weight for jujitsu. But now I got this guy eating 3,000 calories a day. He's like, I cannot believe I used to live the way that I live. Yeah. His energy's through the roof, stamina. He's like, I'm getting PRs every week in my weight training, where before he was just stuck at low weight. So for people to understand, uh, how much these calories fuel people. It's like what Octavia or Optavia, whatever people pronounce it. They're not allowed yeah. to exercise on a thousand yeah, calories. No, it's like 500 calories. And oh yeah. yeah, by the way, don't move your body. Don't, like don't definitely exercise. don't. Yeah. yeah it's so, like they so recognize smart. calories are needed for exercise. So don't do that. Unbelievable. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in general, people trying to lose weight and uh, need the accountability of it. And, and, and obviously education around some of the things. How long have you been coaching? About seven years. I want to say it was 16, 17, maybe 2017, six, six to seven years. What do you think has been the biggest, you've, you've been coaching for a while and you've obviously been teaching for a long time, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot of wisdom there clearly. So what do you think within the kind of coaching realm has been, what are the biggest changes in your beliefs around um, kind of the nutrition coaching from when you first started to kind of where you are now, having spent enough, having had enough exposure with adults, nutritional mm-hmm. considerations, limiting beliefs, yeah. uh, obstacles, all of those things. At the beginning, it was definitely more, I, I created a spreadsheet where they would, you know, type their macros in yeah. and their body weight and I'd find their average body weight, see what their average macros were, see where we're at and never knew anything about food quality in these yeah. clients. So I'm just looking at numbers. And that was the only real priority, you know? So that has changed now that, you know, the way that I track their stuff, I use the app chronometer because I can see everything that they eat every yeah, day. Yeah, we use that too. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. I encourage everybody, if you don't do add notes every day, like a little reflection for the day, that really, that way I can avoid even sending them another, another form to fill out, like a check-in form on Google. So yeah. when they're leaving these notes throughout the day, hey, I slept really good or this and that, my workout, I crushed this or ah, today I felt like it was a fail because of this, blah, blah, blah. I can even leave notes and ask them questions if I wanted to and it shows up in their diary. I can leave a note as a reminder if, if during a checking call, they say something about Wednesday, I can leave a note, don't forget this today kind of a thing. So I love the app. I love being able to see their food quality. I love being able to see all their micronutrients and where things are balanced out. So from the beginning to now, pushing food quality as much as possible. And even doing the math with some of these clients, like I have one guy who thinks he's like, I really just ate too much junk food this week. And then I do the calorie ratio and I'm like, it was only maybe 20% of your actual total intake was this junk food. That's really not that bad. I know it felt like maybe a lot, but you had a lot of good quality food. So to be able to help relieve some of the guilt that some people have around that by being able to show them that data uh, is good. But 
that's the biggest thing that comes to my mind right now in, in the way I've approached things and how I've changed going from just looking at macros to looking at food quality, paying attention to lifestyle, stress, sleep, how, how big of factors they are, especially the people in our age group, these like, you know, mid upper 40 yeah. people who those things play a role. And that reminder, Usually. yeah, that reminder of like, yeah, I, you keep thinking about how you were 20 years ago, but it's not 20 years ago. You're acknowledging how different life is now. So let's just be realistic. Let's try to find the wins. Like, hey, you're working out on a regular basis. You're strong. You're this, you're that. And all you're getting upset about is the genes are tight. You know, to have those kind of conversations, most of the conversations are almost, I don't want to use the word therapy, but just like conversations about that, not even about food. It's about right. their mindset and perspective on things. Because that's a big deal breaker for people in terms of noticing and recognizing success. A couple things is with the with the tracking process, um, that's definitely something that I've gleaned uh, over the last several years um, through the tracking. Because way back when, I didn't believe in tracking, aka I never really had experience with it, so I poo-pooed mm -hmm. it. Yeah, but also never really got clients good results, mm -hmm. and then became a subscriber via really having a coach, you know, have me track my own stuff. Personally, got much better results. Obviously, yeah. imparted that into my clients, which I think a lot of us have done, which I think is great. Um, but then got myopically focused on the numbers. It's like that. Yeah, it's yeah. just about the numbers, calories in, calories out, blah blah blah. And then the longer you go with it, the more conversations you have, the more you start to see the nuances of reading, yeah. learning how to read between the lines. Chronometer yep. is just a beautiful example of like you can pull up a dashboard and you can look at their weeks or multiple weeks and you can see the calorie fluctuations and you can pull up their diary and you can look at the food choices and the amounts and intuitively just start to know and understand and feel where the limiting factors are, Yep. whether it's tracking accuracy or weekend yep. eating or yeah. consistency <laughs> or... And then you know where to have those conversations because at the end of the day, yeah, it's about so much more about why are the behaviors happening the way that they are? Is there awareness around how those behaviors are happening? And I had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday, a client, and you know, he legitimately was like, I've been, you know, I, I don't know why things are stagnant. Like I've been tracking consistently and accurately for the past three months. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing my exercises and, and, and X, Y, Z, and I had to literally pull it up and help him understand, like, you know, starting to ask the questions, well, how, you know, what percentage of the meals that you're tracking in here, are you actually eating at home and weighing and measuring? Mm -hmm. right? Not that that's the end all be all, but for the, for this example, right. It's, he's like, well, 50%, if that like, okay, yeah. so, so then we can understand that 50% of the meals that you're quote unquote tracking in chronometer you're eating out which you actually don't have control over yeah. you actually don't know how many calories that are you're actually not weighing and measuring so would it be reasonable to assume that you might be getting more calories than what you think and is would it be helpful to understand that you know no one is good at guesstimating in fact the yeah. research is very clear that for most people there's like a 50 percent or more margin for error in guesstimations and even for like trained dietitians it's like 10 to 15% margin for error. So like, what if we're eating out? Like, we just don't know. Bonefish grill appetizer, bang, bang shrimp has over a thousand calories. Oh, but like, it's I'm so not, good. I'm not drinking the sauce out of the bowl, but how do you get 
what a hundred calories a shrimp 150 calories up to a thousand people definitely do not realize that's something too i have them doing chronometer as i if say it's meal five for the day put a note this was a meal out and then you can yeah. feel free to guess and then they log the stuff and then i totally. can look and feel like that was a meal out that was a meal out that was a meal out um but yeah those are the questions yeah people need to become aware about what do you think wild. are are kind of the the expectations for people that you consistently have to um, shift their beliefs around um, with the majority of the clients that that perhaps come in. And yeah. I guess I'll preface by saying sort of like the unrealistic expectations. That's I what, yeah, I was just going to say, like, it's more probably the expectations um, with how quick they're expecting something. I mean, I had one client where one weekend she didn't drink and it was, well, I didn't lose any weight. Right. So therefore it's not the alcohol. That's the problem. I'm like it was one weekend. Right. And you, and you still ate out multiple times and you're guessing, and I know that you're making good choices and all that, but if you're going to be so hard up on the scale, but then be so free with your food, even if you're making better choices, you're torturing yourself. Yeah. You're unwilling to make all your meals at home and really know the numbers, but then you're going to be so hung up on the scale you have to pick one or the other. What do you really want? This is, I feel like I go back to this so much. What do you really want? Because people say they want this certain body. They want to lose this weight. But what do they really want? To be social and be out with friends and do all that kind of right. stuff. So let's accept that the body that we don't have is from the fun that we are having. You know, yep. you're going out and doing that. Great. Learn to love it. I had one client ever who was awesome. She, we didn't make any progress, quote unquote. But she gets to this point after a handful of months, she goes, you know what? I realize I love where I'm at. Yeah. I don't want to give up these two or three nights a week that I, I have share some wine with my dad on this night. I do like this girl's night, this other night. And if it means that I have a little extra pouch around my belly, so be it. And she just kind of learned to love herself and recognize that the body is a culmination of everything that she's doing. She eats healthy. She has good energy. She works out. But she likes going out her three times a week to do that stuff. And it was like, awesome that was like such that's, a success that's what <laughs> we though. want yeah, yeah yeah that's that's always what we want in my opinion it's like oh, listen, yeah. you know the vast majority of people are not going to get um shredded six-pack like and, and 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 the vast majority of people don't necessarily want that yeah. um which is great you know the vast majority of people underlying want to be comfortable in their skin they want to be confident they want to have flexibility and freedom with their nutrition. And so that's where it's it's like, hey, how do we help them actually set some realistic expectations? Because you believing that the scale should be continuing to change, even when you're not tracking accurately, even when you're drinking every weekend, even when you're eating out all of the time, not that any of that is is wrong Correct. You know, per se. It's just completely unrealistic. I don't know what led you to believe that these things should be happening. That's illogical. And for you to make yourself feel bad over something that um, is completely unreasonable is what's actually messed up about this whole, this whole perception, this whole equation, you know, the whole dieting process in and of itself. Yeah. And, and to, to, it'd be interesting if people actually went to their friends that they're quote unquote jealous of, because you hear that all the time. Well, it's just unfair because my friend they can go out and they still have this body. And it'd be very interesting if those people actually went to that friend and in a vulnerable, dead serious way said, 
I just want to know if you can walk me through your week. What do your weeks actually look like in terms of your, the meals that you eat? Um, what your energy is like? What kind of workouts do you do? How often are you going out? And then for them to see that, because I've always said you can't be jealous of one aspect of somebody's life. You have to be jealous of every aspect. So you can be uh -huh. jealous of this rich person, but you're not jealous of the 100 hours a week they work. You can be jealous of this fit person, but you're not jealous of how much time they spend in the gym and cooking meals and eating at home and saying no to maybe work events. Yeah. Um, so you can't just pick and choose. So it'd be interesting if people actually did that. They took that moment to be vulnerable and ask that person and then maybe even ask them if they're happy. And it'd be interesting if they actually got honest responses. You know, I'm always insecure about my body. I tend to go a lot of days without eating and there's a fear of gaining weight and this person's living in constant anxiety and you're jealous of them. Well, let's talk about the fitness industry for a second. <laughs> I mean, talk about shining a light on, you know, an industry that is uh, completely diluted in terms of, you know, so, right, my coaches and I have a, a conversation around this quite frequently in that we're, we sort of put on display these, these physiques that are unreasonable for most people, nor would they want to go through the things that are required to get the yeah. physique that they think that they want. Yeah. And so, listen, you and I can both, I'm, I'm sure we can agree. I've been in this long enough, you know, I've been doing this for close to 20 years yeah. in the fitness space. I don't know that I know one fit pro, health pro, whatever, that hasn't been through their battles with food, with body image dysmorphia, with all of these things, and perhaps to some degree still battles those things. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yet we put it on display, right? Like it's something to be admonished and often quite the opposite. Yeah. And we're in this world now, we have more access to everything. That's what my post is actually tomorrow. We have more access to gyms, supplements, and quote unquote healthcare and therapy than ever before, but we're in a worse mental and physical place than we've ever been before. We have to stop blaming society or having expectations of society or other people to fix us. We have to start taking responsibility. And what does that mean? It means really learning and understanding and being willing to make genuine change. Are we going to get the most micronutrient-packed vegetables these days that we had 50, 70 years ago with the way our soil is and all that kind of stuff? Maybe not, but still, we know that that's better than you know eating the cookies and the crap. Um, but we have people have to start taking responsibility because the fitness industry is definitely not going to help them. It's not helping them now. It's it is wild. Yeah, it's it's enraging, and I, I get so tired of like seeing these young. And it's great that they're in the space, and I'm proud of young trainers and people out there. But push the grind, the hustle, the this. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's like yeah. shut up, dude. You live at home with your mom. Totally. She's she's probably buying half your stuff. You got nothing to do all day except cook food and work out and uh, edit videos. And you're talking to a 45-year-old mom with three kids and a full-time job. Listen, uh, 100%. And I mean, there are so many, you know, there's so many worse professions. Like I work my ass off. But with that said, I mean, come on, like I stand behind a desk. I've got a gym in my house. You know, it's just like, it could be so much worse. And, and, and so I, I'm glad you know, I feel fortunate that I came up when I did that we didn't have, or I, I just was clueless about, you know, the introduction of social media. I mean, I didn't have a, a cell phone until I was junior in college. So, yeah. um, 
I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for that, that I wasn't distracted by all of that stuff and had plenty of time sort of in the trenches, so to speak with clients yeah. without any of this outside noise to make me think that everything that I was doing was wrong. And just, yeah. you know, you need time to just for, for trainers listening. I mean, I think this is developing any skill, but, and certainly any profession, but it's like, listen, you just need time to figure it out. Yeah. You need time to learn and to grow and to understand what works for you and, and to just experience and practice. It's, it's called a yeah. practice for a reason. It's like, you just need exposure and reps, right? And um, you're not going to get that um, yeah. overnight but, with any coach or any program. Like you have to put in the time. As you were saying that, I'm thinking about when I was a kid and reading men's health and men's fitness and stuff like that in high school, college. And I always viewed things as an experiment. Let me see how this goes. Let me see what results this gets. So I guess I'm, I guess maybe we're fortunate in that regard of it. I, I never, I don't know if I ever had the thought of like, what, what's the secret? What's the trick? You right. just tried stuff and experimented with things. And that's the kind of conversations I'll have with people. Like, let's experiment with it. Let's see yeah. how it goes. Let's see how you like life not going out for a month because you're really pushing for this body. Let's see if you realize it's not worth it. Let's just treat ourselves like an experiment and potentially have fun with it versus this is the solution to all my problems. And we're in this society now and with social media and all that stuff, it is so instant appearing yeah. in, in nature with the way people see things. And there's so much BS out there that everybody's thinking, so what am I missing? What's the one thing? I remember being at a nutrition seminar at a gym years ago before I started coaching and these guys were trying to sound like real smart and technical, talking about all this stuff and glycemic index and whatnot. And talking about how carrots have are higher on the glycemic yeah. index than something else, and trying to explain how glycemic load is what matters. So blah blah blah. And I'm sitting there going, "There's somebody here who thinks they're fat because they're eating too many carrots." Exactly. And I'm not even kidding. A woman raised her hand and asked, "So should I stop eating carrots?" She didn't hear anything they said after they're high on the glycemic index. Exactly. And yeah. that's every, what's the one thing you know? It's like treat it as an experiment, and that's what I appreciate about you. And I think anybody out there who it, for coaches who see people who see other coaches with these quote unquote huge businesses and like, how do I get to that? You're doing the same thing that you're complaining about your client with their body weight and their figure. How do I get to that? What's the rush? What am I missing? Is it the click funnel? Do I just have to do more challenges? The, the clickbait? What do I have to do? Like just be consistent with the message of health and lifestyle change. And that's what I respect about you and the people that I follow online and for anybody who's not a coach out there listening from like a client side, you have to stop following those accounts that are, that are, that are feeding that part of your brain. I mean, Instagram and social media, the algorithm is giving you what you're looking at. You have to stop looking at these things. Stop sharing some quick fix thing with a friend. Like, what do you think of this? Well, now they think that you're into that stuff and they're going to keep pumping more things in. Um, so just like your body has been curated from the way you've treated it, your, your algorithm is curated by the things you're opening and spending time looking at. Uh, most definitely, man. Most definitely. Because you never know. Yeah. Like you said, it's the same as when you see someone's body on Instagram, you don't know what's really going on. Is it you know, usually just some combination of great genetics, great lighting, probably some, uh, touch-ups and uh, maybe a whole heck of a lot of misery that you're not seeing. On their yeah. end, and same deal from a business standpoint, just because someone has a million dollar business doesn't mean they're not spending $900,000 advertising. It's unbelievable. The longer you're in the space, you get to know the people that are, that are in there. And it's like, oh, 
I'm making more as a teacher than yep. you are with your million dollar business. Yep. Yeah. You know, these people out there don't realize. And then young people, they see somebody on Instagram has 300,000 followers and they think they're making money. No, they got free leggings sent to them and they live in an apartment with their mom and their mom's the one taking the pictures of them on their balcony. They have no Man. business, no money, but people think it's, that they do. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. It's wild. Um, you have a podcast, The Other Side Podcast. Tell us a little bit about, about what's yeah. going on there. Other Side Lifestyle Podcast. Um, it's on all streaming platforms. And now we're putting all the videos out on YouTube. We really want to try to grow the, the YouTube side of things. Um, my my co-host partner in crime is Aram Gregorian. He's uh, on Instagram at four weeks to the beach. That's a number four and a number two. <laughs> and uh, I've known him since like late 2019. We've uh, you know just gotten close over the years through after one of the certifications that we went through, and we just decided we love talking shit and kind of have similar senses of humor, but still have two totally different lifestyles you know i'm married with a kid yeah. he's single and always talking about all kinds of stuff you have to right. tune in to see the out of control conversations that we have um and it's been awesome doing it and i knew like i always liked the idea of a podcast i don't know how people do it alone when they don't have guests i know oh man i know i respect anybody that could do that like the so planning hard. that takes place i'm like if i'm gonna do this i need to do it with somebody uh, because then there's the accountability of actually getting on every week. Cause I can totally see myself being like, I don't know what I want to talk about this week. And I don't like planning things. That's me, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we just started a handful episodes, us chatting and, you know, he's developed a big following over the last few years and, uh, we've gotten some really cool guests on, which has been neat. Uh, probably a lot of the same people you have. And, uh, it's, we just have fun with it. We try to keep, it all goes back to the same basic principles of things and we keep it fun and light and, you know, so it's it's a good time. I don't see us stopping anytime soon with doing it just because we have fun doing it. Yeah, no, I love it. I love the messaging. I love just keeping it real, like everything that we're talking about. I mean, that's one of the things I value. Honestly, um, this industry is tough. It can be tough. Like we can make it a lot harder on ourselves than it needs to be. Uh, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, who are we helping? Like that's, I love what I have the privilege to do every single day, who we yeah who we help, the opportunities, the difference that we're making. Um, and I love the opportunity to connect with like-minded people in the industry yeah. that are just speaking the same language, have the same values and morals and everything. And it's like, you know, same mission. And so um, it was great, you know, catching up with you guys recently. I'm confident yeah. that we'll be catching up at, at future events. Absolutely. Um, I'm already, I'm, I'll be going to the one in in uh, Aram's event in March. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, go to realcoachessummit2023.com. I don't know why he got that website. He, <laughs> he should have just got realcoachessummit.com. Yeah, realcoachessummit2023.com and you can get tickets. I think he only has a few left at the uh, the 750 price point. But Well, at this point, great. by the time this comes out, those will be gone, but uh, it'll this be, will it, definitely... It's going to be worth it, even a thousand bucks. Yeah, so Real Coaches Summit 2023, yeah. I'll be there. Jim will yes. be there. I've got yeah. we got a bunch of other buddies. It's great lineup of speakers, like legit coaches that are yes. walking the talk. I think it's the biggest thing because you just never know. There's there's just a lot of bullshit in the industry. Yep. And I'd like to believe that everyone has the best intentions. But like I said, you got to have a certain number of reps under your belt to really know what you're doing. And I think it's a surefire sign of 
of someone that knows what they're doing when they have very nuanced answers and there's no kind of one size fits all. And it usually starts with, it depends. And it's just kind yep. of like, yeah, I don't know. You got to figure out what works best for you under the circumstances. And you guys hear me talk about it all of the time. Yeah. So, um, that's going to be a blast. Um, what else? Let's see where else can people find you just on Instagram at Jimmy nutrition. Um, and then our Instagram podcast page is at other side lifestyle podcast. We'll, you know, put clips up, let, let you know, what's coming up, uh, that weekend for, for episodes. Uh, but that, that's the main spot. I mean, my website's cool. pretty, pretty bland. I don't put anything really on there. It's, uh, yeah, hit me up on Instagram. You can always send me a message. Uh, I'll always respond to, uh, to legitimate ones, not the ones from some guy who doesn't follow you and says, Hey, have any openings are you, about, are you still taking clients? Are you still taking clients? <laughs> follow me, bro. And then there's a chance. A totally. Chance. Have I'll you respond. checked? Have you seen the, I, I messaged you. Have you seen the yeah. message I sent? Oh God. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, like what you were saying with it's tough space, I'm, I'm grateful to be in it as an older person uh, getting into the, the, with social media that I didn't grow up with it, like you said. And I, I think it makes it a little bit easier to just get that mindset, like, fuck it, you know? And if we can get clients, just be like, fuck what other people think. Like, do what you want to do to pursue what you want to pursue. Stop trying to impress your friends that don't even like you that much. You know, that they're just, you, you're, you're just the party person for them. You know, yeah. they're, they're using you without even realizing it. If they're not supporting you with a lifestyle change, they're not your friends anyway. And if you get around the right people, you're going to find new friends and you have to have no fear with that. Um, and the same thing with the coaches. Do the right thing. Keep putting the right messaging out there. You'll find your people. And uh, yeah, yeah, fuck them all. <laughs> in, in a positive way in a positive way love it love it well <laughs> i'll leave it at that dude um <laughs> great great having you on appreciate you looking forward to connecting further yeah and, absolutely. um for those of you listening hopefully you guys found a lot of value out of this conversation uh i i just i love these talks with fellow coaches um and jim glad you're you know doing what you're doing and, and making a positive impact so thanks for that and we'll catch up soon absolutely man i appreciate you thanks again thank you so much for listening and if you found this content valuable here are four ways i can help you in your nutrition journey for free one grab a free copy of my fat loss fix guide at fatlossfixguide.com two join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com three Subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple.